Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. So we've been in a testimony series. Uh, who made it out last week? Just real quick show of hands. Awesome. Um, so if you just come in this week, um, something that I mentioned last week is that I, I find it very important. Like if I want to know about something, like I don't want to get fitness advice from somebody who either doesn't look fit or at one time wasn't extremely fit, right? Like I, I want to know fitness advice from somebody who is living that. And so that's the guy I'm going to choose to listen to. Um, also, if I want to buy something, like let's say I want to buy a new vehicle, well, I want to talk to people who have had that vehicle before, before I go make an investment in it, if I'm fixing, fixing to spend a lot of money. Or if it's a school, if it's, I don't know if they have it, that's a lifesaver, okay? When you go, if you go to college, ratemyprofessor.com, ratemyprofessor.com. So this is, this is the deal. Let's say that you're going to a, a math class, right? And you got Algebra 2 in college. They might have 10 professors that teach Algebra 2. But if you go to that website that I previously mentioned, and you can type in the university that you're at, the co- like the, the class that you're taking, it brings up all of the professors, and it gives them a grade. And you can click on that professor, and then you can look down on all the reviews, right? All the, all the reviews. How many of you Google review something before you, you go to it, like a restaurant? All right. How many of you won't go to that restaurant if it has a bad Google review? Two of you. So the rest of you are brave. All right. How many of you go if it has a bad review? Let me see your hands. Okay. That's, that's nothing to do with my point. That's just weird. Jonathan, Faith. All right. So my bottom line in saying this is people value other people's stories. Bottom line. It doesn't matter if it's a new truck. It doesn't matter if it's a restaurant. It doesn't matter if it's a professor. Whatever it is, people value other people's stories. So in Christianity, I could have somebody read me the whole Bible. And to be honest with you, the whole Bible is very important. But what I really want to know is, why do you serve God? Like, what, what, what do you know about God? Do you have any experiences with God? Or do you just do this just because mom and dad told you to? Because that, that wasn't enough for me, right? So there's a thing called a testimony. And the verse that I'm going to lead into is the Bible says that you overcome by the power of your testimony. That means that like the, the testimony, your story with God, your experience with God, your Google review with God actually helps you to stay serving God. And so for the rest of the month, we're just going to continue uh, to share to our testimonies and our leaders are going to are going to kick off the rest of the series. So uh, without further rambling and ado, is it Michaela first or Jonathan first? Okay, well, come on up. Give these, give Michaela a hand while Jonathan comes up. You know, when you get married, you become one, so we got to do everything together. <laughs> and not far apart. you got to be near each other. All right, um, so I'm going to take out my phone because I just have some bullet points on here just to keep me on track so I don't do rabbit trails. Um, so I think Pastor Brady had said this last week, um, but he had mentioned, like, there's different parts of your testimony, right? Like, any experience you've had with God, any way that God has changed your life, like, you should have experiences all the time with him. And so last year, it might have been two years ago. I don't remember how long. But um, 
I came up here and I gave a piece of my testimony. And so um, I wasn't going to share that tonight. So I'm going to share a little different piece of my testimony. And um, first off, I want to say I grew up in church. Um, and so I kept hearing this particular verse over and over again. And it's for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And especially if you've grown up in church or even if you've been around for just a year, I'm sure you've heard that verse because it's so common. And we love to hear that verse and think, yes, it's already predestined for me. Everything's going to turn out great. And so I had this mindset growing up in church like, yeah, everything's just going to work out. And I'm the person that likes to plan. I like to think about things. Like, I don't like to just jump into things. And so I planned my life out. Like, seriously, y'all. I was like, I'm graduating at 21, 22. I'm going to start dating at 23. I'm going to get married at 25. I'm going to start having kids at 27. And I know y'all like, why are y'all even telling me this? Well, the reason I say that is because none of that ended up panning out like I wanted to. But God came in and made it so much better than I could have ever imagined. And so I'm going to go deeper into that. So I went into college and I went for child and family studies. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with that degree. I knew I loved working with kids and I figured I was going to work with like a nonprofit organization. So that was, that was my thing. And I knew at the very end of the school year, we'd do an internship. And so um, I wanted a certain internship, but it was all the way in, I don't know, like way past New Iberia, and I'd have to go there every day, and it was just not going to work out. But that was like what I had planned out in my mind. Like it was a boy's home where you could like, min- like n- not minister to them, but like help them through their problems, like their behavioral issues and stuff. And so that's what I really wanted, and then it ended up not working out to pan out my schedule. And so I ended up um, interning at Hospice of Acadiana. And so when I went there, I met a lot of great people and I enjoyed interning there. But the more I realized I was interacting with these people, I was getting to know these people. If any of you know what Hospice of Acadian is, a lot of the times there's six months or less time for them to live. And so I was meeting these people, I was getting to know these elderly people who were just the cutest little things. And then all of a sudden they were just gone. They were like out of my life. They were, you know, they passed away. And I began thinking more and more about that. And I was like, that's what a nonprofit is. I mean, depending on what it is. But most of nonprofits, like these people come in, you service them, you help them, and then they leave. And I was thinking to myself, like, that was so heartbreaking for me. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is what I want to do with my life. And I was in my last semester of college and about to graduate. And I was like, all these plans I had figured out, like, they're not going to work anymore. Like, this isn't what I want to do. And so, um, so that was just devastating for me, especially as a planner. Like you think you have everything in a row and it's not the way that it seems. And so, um, I felt like I needed to go to the career day thing they had. And I had been there before and I was thinking to myself, like, there was nothing really there. It was a lot of like mechanical engineering stuff. Like it wasn't anything pertaining to me, but I felt like I needed to go to this career day. And so I went and, For the first 30 minutes, I was like, this is so pointless. Like, I had police officers coming up to me, like, asking if I wanted to sign up. And I was like, do you see me? Like, do 
does this look like police officer material? Not really. Um, if y'all could see me run, y'all would obviously know I'm not police officer material. Um, so, so that was like the first 30 minutes, like all these people asking me, and I was like, I don't want to do that. And, um, and then I came by this booth, and there was just this super awesome person, like super, like, girly and frilly and like just so excited and happy to see the world like when she woke up in the morning she came up to me and she's like hey are you interested in being a teacher and I was like no (laughs) she was like are you sure and I was like I'll I'll listen to what you have to say because I mean you know you never know and um she was just telling me about this program it's an alternative teaching program Um, so if you have like a bachelor's degree in something, you can go to this and it's like a six week program. So it's super fast track. And the more she kept talking, the more I kept thinking like, I don't want to be a teacher, but like, I have such a piece about this. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, just, you know, keep this in the back of your mind. I ended up, she gave me a piece of paper and I threw it in one of my drawers and summer came. And I mean, I had a job that was good, but at the same time, I didn't want to stay there forever. And um, I was cleaning out one day and I came across that pamphlet and I was like, I think this is what God wants me to do. And so I began doing that. I began working, trying to figure out because you have to have certain requirements in order to do it. And you have to take these praxis tests, which is like the teacher test. Like you have to be able to. um, So, like, for example, if you want to go into middle school math, you have to be able to take this test and pass it. Right. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do middle school math because I like math. I went take it once and I bombed it. And I was like, "Okay, I had too much confidence in myself. So I'm going to go and take it again. And at this time, I signed up for it. And then a week later was going to be like the deadline for you to sign up for the summer program. And so I was like, okay, I need to pass this or like I'm not getting into the program. I'm going to have to wait all the way to the fall. And so I went take the test and I was two points away from making it. And so I, I think I called Jonathan right after and I was bawling crying because I'm like, this I thought this was what God wanted me to do. Like I don't I don't know what to do anymore. And so and of course he calmed me down. He's like, you're being a little ridiculous. Like it's gonna be okay. And then um I went and they told me I couldn't take it for like another month because I had taken it twice already. And so I was like, well maybe I'm thinking to myself, if I can't pass the test, like, how am I going to be able to teach this? So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do elementary. And so I went, and there was four tests for the elementary, the English, the reading, the science, and the social studies. And so I'm thinking to myself, I'm not passing science and social studies. Like, I don't know where on the globe things are. Like, I don't know anything. And so I end up going, and I, I studied a little bit, and I passed every single test the first time I took it, which a lot of people have not been able to do. So it was definitely the grace of God. And I have a point to all this. And so I ended up getting into the fall cohort um, for LRCE, and it lasted six weeks. And I truly believe that the reason I didn't make the like that plan I have with middle school math, I really feel like I didn't make the scores for that test because God knew I needed to be in an elementary school. And also... For my fall cohort, I had a friend who she still texts me pretty much every week, like asking me, how's your class doing? Like, how are you feeling today? Like, what happened today at school? And so I don't think if I don't went to the summer cohort, I'd have met 
someone like her, someone who's encouraging, someone who is my teacher best friend, you know? Um, so I did the, the fall cohort and I graduated from it per se. And then, you know, I was off to find a job and I was like, no one is going to hire me in January. Like this is the beginning of the year and I'm almost done guys. Um, this is the beginning of the year and no one's going to, I mean the middle of the year and no one's going to hire me. So I was looking on Lafayette Parish School System website and there was one job opening at Charles and Burke Elementary. And I went in there thinking, I don't know anything. Like I did this course and I still feel like I don't have what it takes to be a teacher. And I walked into the interview. They were super nice and everything. And um, I walk out of there feeling like, I don't know if this is going to be it. I don't know if I'm going to be good enough. I don't know if this is the plan God has for me. I just feel so confused. And I waited a week. And I remember getting the phone call from Lafayette Parish School System actually called you. It's not the actual school. And she called me and she's like, congratulations, you've got the job at Charles and Burke Elementary. And I just remember I wanted to cry because I was thinking to myself, remember whenever I started in college thinking like, oh, these are all the plans that God has for me. These are all the things that I'm going to do and accomplish. This is what I think is going to be my life. And just to think that God took me through all these steps and allowed me to trust him through those steps, even though I didn't always do what I was supposed to, even though I didn't always have faith that he was going to provide in those instances, he still came through and he provided in ways that I couldn't even imagine. And so that's a piece of my testimony. I just want y'all to be reassured, like, I'm not sure what you're going through or what you think your plans might be for the future, or if you feel really lost and confused and feel like you don't know what you're doing, because trust me, I was there, and I know God will bring you through it, and he gives you way more than you could have ever imagined. Now I have the best school I could ever possibly ask for. My principal is amazing. My teachers around me are amazing. My students, they give me trouble, but man, like I love them, and I don't think I could have ever asked for a better job. So. That was so good. You talk too much. All right. Just kidding. Was that good? Did you like it? If you don't, you don't have to say it. So mine's not going to be like that. Mine's going to be about uh, specifically like I was raised in church. That kind of. It's not my, I'd say my salvation, but more like a rededication, uh, just because I don't even remember the first time that I like, like asked God to come into my heart. So I guess this is kind of my rededication when I was in high school. Um, and I had to write it down just because I could say a lot of things and I could be like Michaela and just keep talking. So <laughs> thank you. That's good. Uh, I, Honestly, guys, I don't, I don't even know whenever I was in, I went to encounters, retreats, conferences, Sunday school, like, and the kind of the church culture back in the day, probably still today too, is that like anyone that was like raised in church, the elders or of the church would tell you that you're like destined to be into in ministry or uh, as a pastor. And so that was placed on me from like a very young age. And uh, I remember like in third grade or second grade or something like that, 
like I dressed as a pastor and I had like my dad's Bible that was bigger than my head. Like it was huge. And I was in second grade, so it wasn't that big, but it could have been like a little mini Bible. But I, I, I brought that just because that was kind of placed on me. And I, and I grew up believing like if you go to church, like you're destined to go into ministry, especially if you grew up in church. And so, uh, you may have had that or people were like, you're going to be in ministry or something like that. Cause it's very common for people that grow up in church, uh, or get radically moved by God, and someone comes up to you and says, you're going to be a pastor or something like that, you know? And it's not necessarily uh, from the Holy Spirit. It's just someone coming up to you and tell it. So think about that, because I I do believe uh, God speaks through people, but a lot of times uh, people speak for people. So, uh, again, encounters, and, and I went to all these retreats and stuff like that, and I don't think I knew the difference between uh, being committed to having a relationship with God and then being committed to appearing like I had a relationship with God. Uh, and the differences between the two is one's actual relationship and one's pretending to be in a relationship. Uh, and that was me until until about my sophomore year of high school, I, f- I feel like, where... Uh, I was just pretending a lot. Like I went to every encounter, uh, I pretended to feel like I, I felt the Holy Spirit and experience it. Um, honestly, I I don't have the theology or uh, I can't explain the things I felt, but still not have a relationship. And uh, where I feel, it's not that I haven't felt God, but I did feel Him, but I did nothing with it. I didn't develop a relationship. And you can come to the point in your life where you feel God. And it happened in in the Bible with Jesus, is that Jesus was in the very same room as people, and they turn around and didn't serve him anymore or didn't serve him at all. So I was in that that place. Got it? Good. I like uh, feedback. Come on. So... Uh, kind of the turning point for me was uh, joining the internship that we had here at church. It wasn't really an internship. It was just more like a half-day what you should be doing whenever you're not at church. Like, whenever you're not here is, like, we, like, prayed for, like, two hours or something like that and, and read, like, five chapters in our Bible a day. So that kind of forced me to be over here and actually seek God, but I wasn't... <laughs> I didn't come to the intern- internship because I wanted to focus on God. I wanted to focus on the girls that were here. And I got one of them, though. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Trial and error. No. <laughs> but I was there. Um, and it was it was for the full summer and kind of in the middle of the summer because you're kind of forced to be for an hour just praying to God and, like, have worship music on blast. And so I was in the little corner, uh, like praying and just, I fell asleep a lot too, but because we brought like blankets and stuff, but uh, I found myself like journaling and, and writing out my complaints and my fears and doubts to God, which I never did before. And I decided, I don't know where I got it from, but I just decided to write what I felt God was speaking to me at the time. And I did that every day. 
And like a lot of times it would be for me. A lot of times it would be for like the people in my group. And sometimes I, I had occurrences where it was for like random strangers. And I, you hear a lot of people that they have this like turning point in their life where they, where they get saved. And, and mine was, is more about God was kind of like winning me back, um, slowly, like through a relationship with him. And I found it beautiful because I have a different testimony than, than Michaela or like, or, or Pastor Brady, how he like, it was, it was really just one decision and he was there. But I found that through my experience that it's a decision every day to continue that relationship because I couldn't have done it with, without him. Like I, if I didn't write down those words that I thought he was speaking to me, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. Like today, I wouldn't be married to Michaela, obviously, and I probably wouldn't be saved just because uh, there's nothing more genuine and real than feeling the love of God. And that has always been what pulls me back um, to thinking right, acting right, and uh, like doing my best. And like I was raised in a, in a good family and all, but the thing is like Adam and Eve were raised by a perfect father and they fell. So like the amount of, and, and they, they kind of doomed us all, honestly. Like don't think that just because you came from a good family that you're just destined to have a good life. And same thing with a bad family. Don't think you're going to have a bad life. It's all about your choices as well as your dependence on God. Amen. So I guess that's that's my biggest point is that uh, if you can believe that you can have a relationship with God and you're committed to doing that every single day uh, and not faking it is my is my biggest. It's not my biggest pet peeve, but it saddens me when I see people that I know fake it. And then they they have no idea what to do with the presence of God. Because a lot of times, like, and I point it back to, I always like to think of Saul, uh, King Saul in the Bible, as well as David, that uh, usually whenever the presence of the Lord was with, with Saul in the later times is whenever he was uh, being ministered to as well by a demon. And then for David, usually whenever there was worship and the presence of the Lord, there was peace. So uh, I think what it was is, is your relationship with God determines a lot of how you deal with his presence. Because uh, either it could be shaming and you don't want to come to church whenever you hear God and He's in his love and his, and his grace, or it could be uplifting and hopeful. And uh, for a long time, it was shameful for me. But whenever I slowly uh, gained a relationship with him is whenever I, I learned that his genuine love it, it conquers all. Amen. God, we come before you. God, I thank you so much that you've developed my testimony to where I can, I can, I can testify on how great you are and how if I just commit to being in a relationship with you, that you'll do the rest. God, I pray for each student, each leader. God, I pray for everyone in big church and 
in, in the Acadiana area, God, that we would feel your power, God, that whenever, uh, and it doesn't have to be a, a testimony like mine, it doesn't have to be a, a, a turning point in their life, God, but I believe that you can win over every heart, and it, you you take the time that you need. God, I pray that you would soften every heart to where they can feel your presence, and they would know what to do with it. God, I pray for a tangible love to be felt in this room. God, that we wouldn't put on masks, that we wouldn't fake it. God, because I know what that feels like. It's miserable, is that whenever you feel the Holy Spirit in the room, and then you fake an experience. And God, that doesn't that doesn't give you any glory. That doesn't give us any any glory, but it shames us. God, I pray that whenever we feel your spirit, whenever we feel your love, that we would give you all the glory as well as develop a relationship with you because that's all you want. God, I pray all this in your name. God, I pray that that this would fall on fertile soil, that, that even a little nugget uh, resonated with, with, with Michaela as well as my testimony in some people's hearts. God, I thank you so much that, that we're even able to be up here doing it. God, I pray that safe return. I, I pray that safe travels wherever they're going to eat, if they're going to eat, and that it would be good. And uh Jesus' name, amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.